This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. The word Hanukkah comes from the Hebrew word Hanuk which means dedication. Hanukkah means dedication. So it's called in the New Testament, the feast, not of lights, the feast of dedication. And that's what we see in the New Testament in John 10, 22. In John 10, 22, when the Lord Jesus Christ was at that time in Jerusalem, it says, John 10, 22, it was at Jerusalem the feast of the dedication, and it was winter, and Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. That's Hanukkah. It's the feast of dedication. So I want us tonight to focus on this theme to make Hanukkah personal for each one of us. What's so great about Hanukkah is that it comes at the time of Christmas, as Eric was just mentioning. Sometimes it's after because of the lunar calendar sometimes before, but it's so great that it's around the time of Christmas. And that's so meaningful because there is a relationship between Christmas and Hanukkah. You say, what's the relationship? Yeah, well, yeah, of course, the relationship was that the Jews were afraid that their children were gonna convert convert and become a Gentile so that they could get Christmas gifts. The Gentiles were afraid that the Jews were gonna, that the Gentiles were gonna convert because they could get the jokes. And I remember this thing about the, the, I don't know when it started up with the, the gifts, but it was always, when I was growing up, it was always like, and so you get a gift every day of Hanukkah, you know? And I said, yeah, we get eight gifts, but our gifts are lower in value compared to the one great gift that they get at Christmas. So it was a big conflict. But anyway, that has nothing to do with anything. But at Christmas, what we do is we sit back in amazement, just like the hymns we were singing. Come, let us adore him. That sitting back in amazement 
as we listen to what we just sang, what we just sang is when the angels proclaimed about this baby, hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, Christ by highest heaven adored. Come, let us adore him. Christ, the everlasting Lord, late in time, behold him come, offspring of a virgin's womb, veiled in flesh, the Godhead, see, hail, the incarnate deity, pleased with us as men to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel, our God with us. So what we do at Christmas is we adore him. We stand back and we adore the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the everlasting Lord. He's veiled in flesh, the Godhead. See, we hail the incarnate deity. That's what we do at Christmas time. We stand back, we admire, we adore. We take a step back as we adore God who became a man to die for our sins. But then the wise men, we're just like the wise men that we've been singing about. And they came from the east and they wanna do something, so they brought gifts. And this is where Hanukkah comes in because Christmas is the feast of the incarnation, which is factual. And it's the wonder of the incarnation. That's what Christmas is. But Hanukkah is the feast of the dedication, where we dedicate ourselves to the Lord. We give him ourselves. We are the gift that we give to the Lord. Christmas is factual. Hanukkah is responsive to the facts. Our Hanukkah of dedication is our response to the Christmas of the incarnation. At Christmas, we stand back in amazement of God coming in the flesh and the person of the Lord Jesus. In Hanukkah, we step forward to dedicate ourselves to the Lord. Hanukkah is responsive to the fact of Christmas, our dedication to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what's so great about Hanukkah and that it comes at the same time of Christmas. And it's also great that it comes at the end of the year when we're looking into a new year. So we're gonna close out an old year. We're gonna start a new year. We've got the Hanukkah challenge to us to dedicate ourselves to God. So now, for each of the eight candles of Hanukkah, and by the way, you won't find this in any Chabad writing or any Talmud or anything like that, so don't look for it. But for each of the eight candles of Hanukkah, let's ascribe, let's ascribe what we will dedicate to God. Now, this is a message not just to listen to. This is a message to engage in. Okay, first of all, let's look at the first candle of Hanukkah or dedication and make that candle the candle of dedication of our body. So let's just do that. Let's just say that this, this candle here is going to represent our body. Now, Hanukkah was when the temple in Jerusalem was dedicated to, dedicated to God. The Bible calls the temple the house of God, the place where God lives. In Isaiah 56, 7, Isaiah 56, 7, he says, even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. 
Their burnt offerings, their sacrifice shall be accepted upon mine altar, for mine house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. It's a place of prayer. The Lord Jesus Christ spoke about his body as being a temple. He said in John 2.19, John 2.19, Jesus answered and said unto them, destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up. Then said the Jews, 40 and six years was this temple in building, and wilt thou rear it up in three days? But he spake of the temple of his body, the temple of his body. Now the Bible calls our bodies the temple of God. In 1 Corinthians 6, 17, 1 Corinthians 6, 17, it says, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own? The greatest threat to our bodies being the temple of God is sexual sins. And any sexual activity outside of marriage is sin, and it defiles the temple of God. When a person engages in sexual activity outside of marriage, it's just like the Syrians coming in and desecrating the temple. But if a person has done that, thank God there's a way back to God through repentance, which is to determine not to do it again, and cleansing and rededication to the Lord, which is what this first candle represents. It's the candle of the dedication of the body. And the Bible calls us to dedicate our bodies. It says, in Romans 12.1, Romans 12.1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, none of the candles are lit except by the central candle, which we talked about last year, called the shamash, the shamas. That's the shamas. You remember, that, that's the shamus. He, that, that means, shamus means servant, servant. The shamus is the one who is in the, in the temple. He's the one who's the usher. He sees you to your chairs. He's the one who lights the candles in the synagogues, in synagogue and so forth. It was always a big joke in my house. I always would say, I would, I would say why, why don't I have a Hebrew name? Thomas is not a Hebrew name. Why don't I have a Hebrew name? And my father would say, you do. You're Thomas the shamus. So... <laughs> But the shamus represents, on the menorah here, the Lord Jesus Christ. Because in Luke twenty two twenty seven, 27, it says, I am among you as he that serveth. You notice that the shamus is always either forward, preeminent, or higher than the others. And he serves the others there. Now, that statement that the Lord said, I am among you, as he that serveth, in Luke twenty two twenty seven 27, defines the Lord Jesus Christ as the shamus. He's the elevated servant. And all the candles are lit by the shamus. And the meaning behind it is that when we say that we don't see how we have the strength to dedicate our bodies to God, then the Lord Jesus, as the shamus steps in and says, I will light the fire of the dedication of your bodies to God. And so the shamus then lights the first candle of the dedication of our bodies to God. And now as I do this, as I, as I light this first candle with the shamus, which is the dedication of our bodies, let's all engage 
and dedicate our bodies to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, verse Kindle. The heart in us is the place, that's the place where we love. That's the place where we think. That's the place where we make decisions. The heart is the place of the mind, the will, the emotions. And God calls each one of us to give us, to give him our hearts. He says in Proverbs twenty-two twenty-six. Proverbs twenty-two twenty-six. My son, give me thine heart, and let thine eyes observe my ways. The greatest commandment in the Bible is a command to give God our hearts. It's a command about heart. In the Shema, in Deuteronomy six four, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And then it goes on. Deuteronomy 6, 5 says, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. God wants us to love him with all our hearts. There's a great Bible character. He's got a name. And maybe you think it's kind of like a, a downer to have a name like Caleb because it means dog. Who wants to be named dog, right? But no, you have to look at what the name really does mean. We should all have the name Caleb. Caleb comes to the contraction of two Hebrew words, kol and lev. Kol, kal, kol means all, and lev is heart. So Caleb means all heart. We should all have the name Caleb. Caleb means all heart. So let's call this second candle here dedication of our heart. The dedication of our heart to God. And when we say, we just don't see how we have the strength to dedicate our hearts to God, then the Lord Jesus says, the shaman steps in and says, I'll light the fire of the dedication of your hearts if you just give me your heart. And so the shaman now lights the second candle. And as I light the second candle, let's all again engage and determine that we will love the Lord our God, the Lord Jesus Christ, with all of our hearts. Now, the verses that go on in this Deuteronomy 6 passage, where it starts off, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, Deuteronomy 6, 4, is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. Then it goes on in Deuteronomy 6, 6, and these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Then it says, Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Now, when we consider all those activities, teaching God's word diligently to children, talking about God's word when we sit down in our house, when we talk about God's word, when we walk and we talk about God's word, when we lie down at night, we talk about God's word, when we get up, that takes a lot of time. And as a matter of fact, that's most of the time of the day. And our time is the most precious commodity that we have. Because when you couple all these activities together with what the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing, that's all our time. And that's why we want to call this third candle the candle of the dedication of our time, our time to God. And when we say, we don't see how we're gonna come up with time to do all these things. I've got no time now. How am I gonna have time to do all this with the word of God and to meditate on his word? 
Then the Lord Jesus says, I will light the fire of the dedication of your time to God. Just come to me. And so as I light this third candle, let's all dedicate our time to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the old saying goes, an idle mind is the devil's workshop. And it's true. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that what we think about determines what we are. It says in Proverbs 23.7, Proverbs 23.7, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. And the world, it exerts so much tremendous pressure on our minds through its media to conform us to its mold. And God has called us, resist it, resist it. Turn to God. As it says in Romans 12.2, Romans 12.2, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And we resist the world's thinking mold when we do what the Bible calls setting our affection in Colossians 3.2. Colossians 3.2 says, set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. And the Bible tells us what to think about in Philippians 4.8. Philippians 4.8, the Bible says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, lovely, good report, virtue, praise, think on these things. Think on these things. So we set our affection and we think about God when we practice this art of meditation on God's word. When we do what it says in Psalm 1-2, Psalm 1-2, his delight is in the law of the Lord, in his law doth he meditate day and night. That's why we wanna call this fourth candle the candle of the dedication of our mind, of our mind, what we think about. And again, when we say, there's so much trash in my mind, and I don't know how I'm gonna start thinking about God. I've just got so much stuff running through that I can't avoid Fox News. It's constantly putting stuff in my mind. I'm, every day, I'm angry at a new person I didn't even know existed before. And then the Lord Jesus Christ, the shaman says, come to me, and I'll light the fire of the dedication of your minds to God. And so the shamist then lights the fourth candle of the dedication of our minds. And as I light this candle, this fourth candle, let's all now dedicate our mind to God. Now, we spend most of our working time at work, and God wants us to dedicate our work to him. It says in Colossians 3.17, Colossians 3.17, whatsoever things you do in deed or word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Our work is what God has given to us, and then he also has other work, spiritual work, for each of us. And we see him in the Bible sometimes separating people for work as he did in Acts 13.2. In Acts 13.2, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And as a matter of fact, when the Lord Jesus Christ looked at his work, he said, my work is like meat. That's my meat. When I do the will of God, when I'm in his work, that's my meat. 
In John 4.34, John 4.34, Jesus saith unto him, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. For these reasons, let's call the fifth candle the candle of the dedication of our work. And again, when we say, I'm overworked, I can't do anything more, my work consumes me, I can't dedicate my work to my, then the shaman says, come to me, come to me, and let me light the fire of the dedication of your work. And so the shamus then lights the fifth candle of dedication of work. And as I light this fifth candle, let's all now dedicate our work to God. Now, we all have stuff, and we accumulate stuff. We accumulate possessions, our house, our cars, and all everything we possess. And the sin of covetousness is the lust for other stuff. And whether it's Black Friday or Cyber Monday or Amazon or whatever else in between, we look, we look and say, oh, I need that stuff. I didn't even know it existed, but I have to have it now. <laughs> and it's so easy to look at our stuff and to think, boy, the more stuff I get, the greater I'm going to be. And the Lord Jesus warned about this. He said in Luke 12, 15, Luke 12, 15, he said, he said unto them, take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. And with stuff comes care for the stuff. And this care can strangle the Christian. And that's why the Lord said in Mark 4, 19, Mark 4, 19, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. King Solomon was a very generous person. He was the most wealthy man that ever lived. Outdid Bill Gates. And he dedicates the temple with thousands, hundreds of thousands of animals in 2 Chronicles 7.5. But it's so important that we view our stuff as what God has given to us and not grip it tightly. And one practical way to keep from being choked by stuff is to honor the Lord with systematic giving. Systematic giving. The tithe is God's right. It's 10%. It's spiritually healthy to give 10% of what we have to God. The offering is our choice. It's above the 10%. It's spiritually healthy to make special gifts to the Lord over and above the 10% for specific mercies, specific answers to prayer. And that's what God calls on us to do in Proverbs 3.9. Proverbs 3.9. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. You can tell how much a person is really dedicated to the Lord. I can tell how much a person is really dedicated to the Lord by letting me look at their checkbook. I can tell. It says in Matthew 6.21, Matthew 6.21, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I can look at a person's checkbook and tell you where his heart is. When a person gives to God, they're saying God is more valuable than what I am giving to him, and that will determine where his heart is. That's why the sixth candle, want to call that the candle of possessions. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.